This is another episode of our 1993 season. We're talking about June 1993, summer blockbuster time. Uh, uh-uh. And uh, that is my co-host, Ben. Who disagrees about it being a blockbuster time because uh, there's not a lot of blockbusters on my list. Uh, there's only one that we need to be talking about, so that's fine. Well, that wasn't on my list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but before we get into all that 90s jazz, uh, let's talk about what we're listening to and watching now. It's good living in the now. Uh, now. Now. Every what time, have, what every time I doing? ask you, you go, nothing. <laughs> so am I going to... Uh, we've been watching that chocolate show on Netflix. Is it good? Uh, it's okay. The host weirds me out. <laughs> his hair and his face and his voice and his entire existence makes me feel... Odd. Icky. Not icky, just like... Odd. What, what are you? <laughs> Do you know what his name is? No. French. Okay. French, um, French Stewart? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you We're going to be making chocolate today. <laughs> <laughs> it's that weird kind of... You know that language barrier and like all credit to people who can speak two languages. Like, that's amazing. But you know when they're... <laughs> You know when their tone doesn't cut, quite come across? Yeah, yeah. So, like, they're trying to be nice or they're trying to be helpful and it's like, you just sound really blunt and annoyed. Um, but, more importantly, you'll be very proud to hear, I listened to Yield. Oh, do you like it? It's still, is it still the bottom of your list? Yeah, it's still the bottom. Oh, okay. I mean, it's still great, but it's still not their best. Well, I have... I've been doing lots of stuff. I watched the... L.R.'s Morissette documentary, Jagged. Ooh. It's all right. Oh. Um, Is it recent? Yeah, it's this year. Oh. They just, um, so HBO Showcase has done like a bunch of um, uh, these ones. They did one about Kenny G, one about L.R.'s Morissette, and a a couple others. Um, I think the Woodstock one might have been one of them too. Oh, yeah. Um, It's it's good. It's a little bit bare bones, and I think like she does come come out about like um, how she'd um, uh, unfortunately... Um, was sexually assaulted and had a lot of that sort of that going on in like I mean her being a young female in the early to mid 90s um, it was just like the time where it was rife uh, mm. your boy from uh, Foo Fighters Taylor does not come off well in the documentary but he's just a drummer he comes off as like a meathead like oh well he is he What's basically just he basically he literally like says and this is like this is not even archival footage he says we were four guys with Lars Morissette, and she was talking about feminism and stuff like in her lyrics. But us four was just like uh, trying to like get as late as possible with like with her, her fan, or anyone. with her fans, right? So and you even see them like before a um, show, like signing autographs and basically just like and they're like these girls like look pretty young so So I think she and she actually says like I felt uncomfortable because here I am talking about women's rights women's issues and stuff and I've got like the but the reality of the tour was these crazy parties where I wasn't there but there were like lots of groupies and stuff like that it's weird you don't often think of a backing band as having any sort of pull <laughs> I think well, I think with with 
in the nineties, like if you look at like a lot of those backing bands, the the singer, they're all really hot looking people. So I've I suppose, never looked at them. They're a backing band. <laughs> Who's looking at them? And she also she and she did say like um, uh, you know, it's my name on the bill sort of thing. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's it, it. It was all right. I I I don't. It didn't break a lot. Of, I, I thought it was going to be a bit more into like actually writing the songs for Jagged Little Pill, but like they they focus on a couple of them. Um, was there ever any notion of like being called Alanis and the Pills or anything like that? No, it's no. just always Alanis Morissette. Just Alanis Morissette, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's not, it's not too bad. Um, I have also been, um, <laughs> so I've got, an, I've got another favorite Instagram page that I, I found. Oh yeah. Uh, this is eighties new screens and nineties new screens. So basically, uh, they're like still photos from, <laughs> from, uh, the eighties and nineties news in, uh, mostly in America and just like perfectly timed with, uh, certain, um, subtitles and, and, and the stories that they were working on and just some awesome hairstyles and, and stuff. So, Who who thinks of these things? I don't know, but This man, is how they spend their time. Thank you very much, whoever did, though. It's um, amazing. I, on the topic of favourite Instagrams, found one recently as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I rewatched some of this when I was recently in hospital oh. and found the Instagram through it. It's called No Context James Acaster. <laughs> <laughs> Which, as you can imagine, is absolute gold. <laughs> All right, I'm going to be uh, subscribed to that right now. Yes. <laughs> it's based, so, I mean, it's self explanatory, but it's just pictures of him, a line he says that, out of the context of his joke, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> For example, I'm so lonely, God, I'm so lonely. And it's just him in front of a microphone. <laughs> but I think that one does make sense, because if you know James A. Caster, you imagine him to be lonely. Yeah, I think so too. There's, um, there's a guy that I saw. I think I saw him in the news recently. Apparently, he was ripping off some stuff of James James Acaster. Uh, Joe Lysette. Yeah, he put James Acaster's face on his poster, thinking it would sell more tickets. Um, and then I don't know how much of this is a joke and how much is real, but apparently it did sell more tickets <laughs> because and they James, thought it was James Acaster. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, and James Acaster may or may not have been annoyed, and then they changed it, and he had to apologize. I don't know how much of this is a joke that they're in on together, uh, but either way, James A. Caster is the superior comedian of the two. Yes. Um, I've also been reading the book, uh, 100 Things the Simpsons Fans Should Know and Do Before They Die, um, getting in, in some research before our Simpsons episode by Ali Gertz and Julia Prescott. They also have a, a podcast, um, uh, I think it's called Round Springfield. How much of it did you already know? Uh, there was a couple of surprises there, and also because I've, I've listened to their podcast a bit, like it's it is, you know, they're preaching to the choir. Like I, I know a lot of like, a lot of deep, deep cuts of Simpsons, so but mm. like it's it's a decent sort of overview for it's it's a bit more in depth than what um the grad the the the, the average book would show, share. So I, I would okay. say yeah, give it a go. Um, all right, let's get back into the nineties and we'll do the events. All right, so I've got a couple of things to go into. Uh, so let's do the uh, the quiz first. Yeah. All right. So it is the sixty sixth National American Spelling Bee. Oh no. <laughs> uh, the word is kamikaze. K A M I K 
A Z E. Hey! Oh, yeah. I think that's actually a pretty shit word. Yeah. But maybe we just know that word. Maybe it's been used more since then, so it's more a part of the. It's more part of the lexicon now. I think so. I think once you see that word, it kind of sticks with you. Yeah. yeah. Um, what famous singer changed their name to a symbol? Uh, the artist formerly known as Prince. Yes. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Don't know what that symbol's called. Like, it's just like a... I'm assuming it's a cock of some sort. Like, it's it's is, got to be something. Isn't it his weird version of, like, the male-female sex symbols? Yeah, okay. Like, he's princified it. Yeah, princified. Yeah. Um, and Kim Campbell became the first female prime minister of which com- country? Kim Campbell... Yes, I'm not going to give you a ABC, ABLC, because firstly, there's only a few countries that have prime ministers. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to get a clue from that name. Hmm. So it's a white country. <laughs> yes. Um, let's go with uh, Canada. Yes. Fuck yeah. Shortest serving prime minister ever. Ooh. 132 days. Oh, did someone put her in the microwave and she was too hot and had to put her in the bin? No, she... Um... It's a soup joke. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> hey, look at you. <laughs> wow. Um, no, I she... thought you just hated that. <laughs> just ignoring it. She uh, she was not great. She was part of the Conservative Party. Um, oh. When election came, not only did she... like, She basically got... It was the biggest margin in Canadian history to like kick her out she even oh. lost she even lost her own seat in her own like um what did she do i don't know whether it's like i know it was like it was all female maybe it's like a, yeah but also like i think the conservative party was on the way out too and like i think she was just basically the the ship was sinking and they were like all right you can do like because like, i think she took over from the um the the pm beforehand was like one of those like um like we've done in our joke of a politics system where it's like oh Julie Gillard's Prime Minister oh Cameron's Prime Minister oh that's Julie, Julie oh, yeah. Gillard it's like I think it was one of those situations and then she basically just saw out the rest of the like until the election and then right. like fucking get out that's <coughs> sad it is but she's a conservative so yeah yeah <laughs> that's even sadder um so that's a quick it's a quick quiz because we've got things to get to okay so um a couple of uh darker things that kept went on so uh you heard of the Unabomber Yes. He's going to come up in a couple of years. He's, and now, apparently. Well, he sent off... He was, well, he's, he'd actually been sending mail bombs since the late 70s, early 80s. But he sent two off um, in 1993 in June. Uh, so his big thing, like according to his manifesto, is that he wanted... Uh, people to, to stop being so te- technologically advanced. He said he thought that uh, intellectuals and 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 companies that were like doing stuff with genetics is, is basically the, the the downfall of uh, of the earth sort of thing. Oh, so shit. how's he doing right now? What? How's he doing right now? <laughs> oh, we'll get into that. Uh, so um, he probably isn't wrong. To be fair. <laughs> so in 1993, there was a six-year break since he, um, he'd he been uh, doing his mail bombs. And was he caught for the previous ones? No. Ah. Uh, so uh, he sent one to the home of Charles Epstein from the University of California. Epstein lost several fingers upon oh. opening the package. Wrong Epstein. 
<laughs> in the same weekend, um, he also won, sent one to uh, David Gelernter, a computer science professor at Yale. Um, he lost sight in one eye and hearing in one ear and the oh. portion of his right hand. Ooh. Uh, so this is sort of... Is there any reason behind these people, do you know? They're just... Because they're well, scientists. They're scientists, yeah. Um, oh. I think they did a lot of uh, research in those areas that he was okay. like concerned at. So, um, so this is all building up to... Uh, um, they get more and more upscale. So, like, 1995 is when he really, like, it becomes a big thing. Yeah. And then I remember, like, my and my, I, I hate to say that, but my, my touchstone for this in, in my history is that Will Ooh. Ferrell oh. played him on SNL and they made quite a lot of jokes about him. And I can just only imagine, like, the amount of, like, families um, who were affected by... His crimes, and they're like, oh, so he's a punchline now. Um, and that happens way more during the 90s than what I thought was happening. Yeah. So, um, to wit, our next one. <clears throat> Lorena Bobbitt. Oh, yeah. Wow, is this 93? 93. <laughs> if you wow. want to think about a punchline, holy shit. So, if you don't know, which I feel like Bobbitt is a name you can say now and people don't bat an eyelid. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that. Um, I don't think I might actually refer to her by her maiden name in this because Bobbitt was the name of her dirtbag husband um, that she cut the penis off of. <laughs> so what happens is uh, one night in, Ju- uh, in June 1993... Oh, please, paint us a picture. Oh, I'll paint you a picture. With a penis. Um, so, June 23rd, 1993, uh, Lorena Gallo, uh, which she uses right now, she is uh, emigrated to the US. She's with a uh, with an abusive, abusive husband named John Wayne Bobbitt. <laughs> nice. So, look. <laughs> he's probably on his way to becoming a serial killer anyway. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, so, she testified that um, he had come home drunk and he had raped her. Um, she got into bed and started pulling down his pants and then produced a large kitchen knife oh. and cut off his penis. Oh. He said that he should, he initially thought that he was, she was, she was up for round two. Um, that was not the case. Uh, and she then flees the house in a car. She tosses the dick out the window into a field I can't believe she held onto it for that long. And when they, when they asked her, it was like, oh, why did you throw it out the window? She's like, because I had, my hands were full and I was driving and it seemed like the thing that like I wanted to get rid of the most. So she just threw it, threw it out the window. Yeah. She left her home with $100, John's Game Boy and his nice. penis. <laughs> so you could, if you're to juggle a Game Boy and a penis, you're going to chuck the penis. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the police found the penis. I thought her plan was uh, couldn't be reattached. Like she took it with her, so no, well, she threw it out the window. The police found it. Uh, they put it on ice, and it was uh, successfully reattached. Oh, I don't know that bit. She, uh, he was um, went on trial for uh, domestic abuse um, and was acquitted. She was put on with um, for assault, and she was acquitted by reason of temporary insanity. Now, fair. Postscript, anyone who might have thought 
that and uh, the Rolling Stone uh, article I read paints a good picture that it said if it happened these days we wonder whether he would have been like the poster boy for the the right the right wing white Americans is like oh you know he was he, he's an upstanding guy and then like you know he gets um, attacked by his wife and blah 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 um, nah I think he'd end up being a porn star uh, hold on to that thought <laughs> Oh, I will. <laughs> um, so he also is then the next year, the next year, arrested again for domestic abuse on, a, on another girlfriend. 1999, he's arrested again for domestic abuse. He, he gets off on both charges and he is um, claimed, his lawyers claim that he is not responsible. So this is what happens when people don't suffer real... So he suffered consequences of his actions, mm-hmm. but those consequences were stitched back on. So you kind of get away with what you did because it got stitched back on. Yeah. This is a problem when there's not lasting consequences. Well, we'll keep going. Um, Does someone shuffle it up again? <laughs> so he became friends with uh, porn star Ron Jeremy, who, as we know, is just an upstanding citizen. Oh, yeah. He is on trial right now for the uh, rape of, I think, over 10 women. Oh. Um, he called Bobbitt's penis Franken-penis. And gave him a short-lived porn career. Uh, a state legislator um, who <laughs> was a friend of Bobbitt's said, "I heard from some." Like, and Bobbitt also started working at one of the um, the ranches, like the the brothels there. Uh-huh. Um, he heard from some of the girls that his penis looked like a dented Red Bull can. <laughs> um, he. Since 2014, he's lived on disability after breaking his neck in a car accident. Ooh. Uh, he had cosmetic surgery on his penis, first in 1996 to en- enhance its length and thickness. Ugh. In 2016, he had it reduced. And in a Vanity, <laughs> in, in a Vanity Fair article, he said, I should have left it alone. <laughs> wow. Uh, Lorena um, is not... A perfect angel herself. There was a charge uh, um, where apparently she attacked her mother, but it was um, thrown out in court. Um, she was offered to pl- pose for Playboy, but she declined. Um, has become a. Uh, she has now um, has a the Lorena Gallo Foundation, which is dedicated to the prevention of domestic violence, um, and has become sort of like an advocate ever since Me Too um, came out. She um, she's been pretty outspoken on. Um, because apparently this was like years of abuse that led her up to this yeah. point. So, yeah, that's... Um, I'm glad she just didn't end up being a door-to-door kitchen knife salesperson. <laughs> I'm just... I, I thought this was going in the same way as the Joey Butterfuco, Amy Fisher yeah. thing where, like, they go on TV and reminisce. Or Ricky like, Lake. Yeah, Ricky Lake, yeah. Um, so, if you want to read more or watch more, there, there is a uh, doco on Amazon Prime called Lorena. Um, it was actually... Executive produced by Jordan Peele. Oh, um, it's like a four-part. But yeah, that is the that is the ballad of Lorena Bobbitt. Bobbitt. Uh, so with that, we go on to sport. Top that. <laughs> well, I cannot. So let's just. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, must, I mean, a heads up would have been good. I don't really have a lot. I, actually, I've got a lot, but I don't have anything exciting. Hmm. Uh, we had the women's Euro competition. Okay. Of what? Anything? Soccer. Football. Oh, okay. okay. Euros. 
The Euros. The women's Euros. So Euro again. <laughs> Euro. Um, Norway won. Oh, Can okay. you believe that? I can believe anything after the Bobbit story. <laughs> Uh, they be Italy. Uh, third place was Denmark. Did you see? Weird. Our, uh, and our, uh, do you know the female Australian female soccer star who? Yeah, hip and shoulder. That guy. Oh my god! Do you that remember her tops. name? Sam Kerr. Watch it, please. It the, is amazing. The greatest female football star of not even our generation. She's she's actually the best player in the world. Yeah, and she just dropped this oh pitch my invader. God. Gold. I think she got carded for it too. Fuck that. Who cares? It's worth it. Yeah. Um, so the Euros actually finished in July, but obviously we're not going to come back in July. Okay. So Norway somehow won. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> uh, we had the NBA conference finals. Ooh. Ah, uh, is a okay. Is it Bulls? Doubles. Of course, it's Bulls. And ah, oh, shit. Is it uh, Trailblazers? Uh Conference finals was uh, Sonics and Suns. Right. And then Bulls and someone else. Who cares? Because they obviously beat them. <laughs> was it the Knicks, maybe? Rockets? I don't, I don't know. No, it wasn't the Rockets. Doesn't matter. Um, Sonics didn't make it. Yeah. So it, was a, it was a tough time. They never make it. Oh, actually, they do. Okay. But uh, we'll get to that. Uh, the Phoenix Suns guard... Up? Dan Majel. Majel? Majero? Okay. It's America, so it's probably Majerle. <laughs> um, he set an NBA playoff record at the time of eight three pointers, which uh, eventually sent Seattle home. Uh, does, that pain you to, is it, does that pain you to tell, to tell us that stat? A little bit. Um, oh, I feel like another, um, another. I mean, it like, went to seven games, but. Another but Instagram still. account that I had been. that I just recently found. Uh, people have got. I think it's mostly baseball cards, and they um they vandalize them to make them look funny. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> With not just penises on them. No, no, oh. some of it is amazing. Like just the, it's just someone's just gone through and they just like sharpie out certain things, and it's just yeah. I think it's like van vandalized baseball cards or something like, or gra- graffiti baseball cards. It's amazing. Where do you find these? How I do, don't know, how does man. This even come up. Look, sometimes you watch Sleepless in Seattle and you sort of drift away and you just look at your phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I don't have any baseball for you, but okay. um, yeah, the NBA finals did happen. Our old mates won, as they do. Uh, it was 4-2, I think. Nice. Didn't he have a sniff? Barkley tried, but Barkley dumb. <laughs> have, have you seen, did Laura send you that video? No. Of this... Uh, I'm assuming it's a roast where this guy does like a Shaq impersonation. Yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> He's like, everyone thinks Shaq's dumb. Charles is a dumb one. I got a doctorate. Charles thinks doctor is a female doctor. <laughs> Shaq a boy doctor. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's glorious. I remember with Shaq, um, do you ever see the Jackass where he was there and like apparently he became very obsessed with Wee Man? And that just, makes sense. And he just like apparently he just followed him around, just like wanted to pick him up all the time. Yeah, with well, being that enormous, that <laughs> yeah, would be. I <laughs> and I think Johnny Knoxville is like, Shaq really likes Wee Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Wee Man would have been somewhat scared. Yeah. Uh, we also had the NBA draft, which I'm not sure if I've mentioned before. 
you might have, but I might have fallen asleep. So. Probably. Uh, yeah, not not a lot to write home about. Chris Webber. The only time... Big deal. I've ish. ever got interested in it. Okay, no, nah, there's two. One is when I went watching Draft Day and Kevin Costner's in it. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. That was for NFL. And now, like, heaps of podcasts doing the um, the movie drafts. There's even, like, a podcast I listen to called Screen Drafts, where it's like... Right. So they <coughs> you go in and, like, say they, they got, like, a... Um, I feel like this is a different kind of draft. The best movies of uh, 2007. And so you pick your top seven movies. So you, And then what happens is you go into it and one person gets picks seven, eight, and two. One person gets, like, picks three, five, four. And then what? And then you get a couple of vetoes. So okay. say if, like... Um, so oh, the, I think you've told us about this before. Yeah, yeah. And so... Um, I now understand drafts more because of listening to the movie ones, and like I got, it's actually quite funny. Like, it, it gets like really heated because like people veto stuff, and then like if they haven't, if and then you can also like unveto stuff, but you only got one or two per show, and it's like it's pretty good. Um, I, I definitely recommend it. If so, you want to like sports, but you're not quite there, yeah, screen drafts best one out there. Speaking of best ones out there, yeah, Wimbledon. Ah. ah, not golf this time. No sellers though. I'm assuming. No, um, so no surprise about who won. But we'll come back in July and find out oh, awesome. who took out the finals. Nice. Some suspense for you. Suck mm. on that. Yeah, it's suspenseful. Okay. Um, lastly-ish, the Stanley Cup. Hey. Yeah, you like hockey. So can I guess? You can try, but I don't think you'll get it. LA Kings? Oh, yes. Well done. Isn't that the one where they just got Gretzky? Uh, I think it would have been, yes. Did we mention him going there last year? I think so. Oh, I, re- I just remember the um, 30 for 30. Um, well, yeah, the Kings don't get to the Stanley Cup without Gretzky, so yeah, yeah. he must um, be there. So Kings was it there. And uh, Blackhawks? No. Okay. The Montreal Canadiens. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, took the series out 4-1. Who did? The Kings? No. The Canadians? Yeah. They must have won one with them. Maybe it was 94-95. Anyway. Well, I mean, it's honestly not good enough this year. I don't like the Kings. Never no. Or um, Sacramento. Okay, no one should be Kings. Uh, um, what else you got for me? My last little bit of sports trivia. Um, is it trivia? Hmm. I want to get more sports gossip, and every month there's just it's so hard to find sports gossip. Or I steal it, or you steal it. Yeah. Um, and I need to stop talking about Mario Lemieux. <laughs> every month, what Mario did you Lemieux do this is time? doing Fucking, something. Uh, got kids out of a burning hospital. <laughs> Jesus Christ! This Not guy. quite. He got married. Ah. Yeah. Okay. He married his longtime girlfriend, Nathalie Arceline. <laughs> That's how you pronounce that. Asselin. <laughs> All right. So. Asselin. Join us next week for the Mario Lemieux Minute. <laughs> Mario Lemieux Minute. <laughs> 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 That's why every time we bring him up now, I'm going to fucking do that. All right. Let's go on to movies. Now. Before we get into movies, we have something that we can do from a movie, which is what's in the box. Because if you remember from last season, our glorious friend Bob, who was supposed to be on this episode but um, couldn't make it today, he gave us a 
present in a box and said we can't open it until June 1993. I wish we'd arranged a call-in because on the box it says poorly living in the... And then there's tape across it. It does look... It looks like I'm actually thinking it's Gwyneth Paltrow's head in this box. Nah, her head is way bigger than this <laughs> box. Nah, Goof has made it goon. <laughs> Alright, um, but um, my wife wants to be around for the unveiling of this song. I'm just going to get it. Alright, so... I don't know if I should stand up or sit down. If it's a Furby, I'll be very upset. Oh, oh. Is it a Furby? No, it's, it, is, it is amazing. Oh, it's a vinyl poop head. It is... It is Dr. Ian Malcolm from Jurassic Park in his oh, sexy pose. Yes. <laughs> cool. Wow. Awesome. So thank you, Bob. Thanks, this is Bob. amazing. We're going to have joint custody of this, right? Uh, no, it's mine. Oh. <laughs> so uh, we should start off with uh, probably the biggest blockbuster, not of just 1993, but of all, of all the 90s, uh, Jurassic Park. There it is. Welcome to Jurassic Park. We've made living biological attractions so astounding that they'll capture the imagination of the entire planet. The most phenomenal discovery of our time. How'd you do this? Becomes the greatest adventure of all time. Can I touch it? Sure. Universal Pictures presents. You feel that? Hold on to your butts. A Steven Spielberg film. Senses are failing all over the park. Yeah, that's nice. Gotta go. An adventure. Look out! Down! I can't get Jurassic Park back online. 65 million years in the making. Jurassic Park. Uh... Do you like Jurassic Park? Yes. I I love this movie. I saw it in the cinemas. My dad took I can I I've tried to tell my kids and trying to not do it in that sort of old boomer top where it's like, Oh, when I was a kid we went and sort of in the cinemas. But Because it's not it was that long ago. But also it was like it was so significant though. Like this is a, such a huge thing. Like we had dinosaurs that looked amazing. And still do. And still do. I watched this yesterday, a fucking Perfect Saturday Afternoon um, movie. Um, what movie th- isn't Perfect Saturday Afternoon to you? <laughs> True. Um, I think uh, watching it, um, not just in the background, but sort of intently watching it, there's a lot There's a lot of stuff going on um, that you might not sort of see. Like, there's a decent amount of character sort of um, development and... Uh, there are some bits where I'm just like, eh. <laughs> but mo- the, they're very few and far between. The music's amazing. Uh, I think when we've talked before about tentpole scenes, and this has quite a lot. So yeah. the problem is there's those dips in between when something amazing isn't happening. So my big thing, if, you don't, if you've never seen the fucking movie, um, it is about a... Uh, Mosquito. An old Scottish man... Who thinks he can just is he bring Scottish? Him. Yeah, he's supposed to be Scottish in this. Oh. Um, I learned something today. And he he wants to bring dinosaurs back from extinction. He doesn't really do it very well. 
Um, Are you he sure? He doesn't. Or he doesn't think. He doesn't sort of think about the the consequences of his actions. So, um, in the first scene, uh, a worker gets killed um, transporting a, a raptor. Um, through negligence, you could say. Through negligence, um, that is a complete shit show. That entire thing. <laughs> um, and then uh, the, the the lawyers are basically saying like, you need to basically have a bunch of uh, uh, experts sign off on this park, otherwise we're going to shut you down. So he gets. Uh, Dr. Alan Grant and Ellie Sattler. Um, they're these uh, a paleontologist and a paleobotanist. Ooh. Um, he also gets, for some reason, uh, Dr. Ian Malcolm, played by Jeff Goldblum, as a chaos mathematician for whatever reason. Um, he also likes to dress in black and um, just be generally creepy. Throughout does the he help at all in the film? My rec- I haven't watched it in the last he couple does, of years. He does but- bring up like the best points. He basically says, like, you're not really thinking about the best one of his best quotes is like you 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 spend all this time thinking whether you could but not whether you should like Ooh. he's like um and he he's basically saying like and the, the the other famous line like life finds a way he's like you can't control life like it's gonna happen um he also brings a lawyer um uh, mr Gennaro, uh who basically just um wants to either for, for the first half he wants to shut the place down then he was like oh we're gonna make so much money so he's like thinking about oh, all yeah. different ways we can do it um, he also gets eaten while he's on the toilet, so, you know. Um, they also have two kids, uh, which is the target audience of the park. So they go on one of the, they go on the tour. The tour basically is shit because none of the dinosaurs come out and, like, there's this, like, the Triceratops is, is sick. Um, and then a big storm's coming. Now, in, in reality, uh, the, so they even include some of the footage. Um, they were shooting a lot of this in Hawaii um, and a bunch of, and, like, they basically got caught in a, in a hurricane. And um, cool. Steven Spielberg, they're all hunkered down. He's like, oh, we should go get some footage of this. So he took um, a cameraman out and took some footage. And that footage is actually in the in the movie. No way. Um, yeah, so... What a uh, maniac. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a feeling like something's going to come out about him. I don't think it's really that bad, but I think it's going to be like... Yeah, I think he's, 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 a, he's an odd character. Mm. Um, so, yeah, uh, and then like... Oh, like Things happen. The, there's, a, there's a storm in the, in the movie, and, and everything gets knocked out. Um, you've got Wayne Knight, New, Newman from Seinfeld, in the background trying to steal uh, um, the DNA to give to a rival company. I reckon that should have been explored a little bit better. I've always loved that portion of it. Like, yeah, and it's it's it's, it's there's more in the book about that one as well. Uh, but yeah, um, based on a book by Michael Crichton, um, and just probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Still, still to this day. Still, I'm I'm a little bit sad I haven't watched it recently. I, it's one of those films you don't feel like you need to, because it's that ingrained in you as a child, and the Hungry Jack's toys are that ingrained in you as a child. Oh, man. That, I'll be doing some TV spots on oh, the Instagram yeah. for this one. Oh, um, those are good times. Me and my wife did bring up the fact that, so, <laughs> when the T Rex comes comes through the through the gate or through the, through the the fence after um after it's eaten the goat um they then uh if you remember like the t-rex comes out uh terrorizes like one of the cars basically um everything's bedlam and then uh dr grant and lex they go over the over the fence and there's a huge chasm yeah but it kind of looks like the same spot that the t-rex came out from so like so a lot of people have said like how 
did the T-Rex get out? So I, I googled this during watching it. Oh, and yeah. there is there is a there is a map that people have put up and said like if you look at it now, <laughs> there's actually like two sections to the T Rex pen. Like one is the big chasm that they go down uh, to get away from it, but next to it is where like they actually feeding area and lots of stuff. So I was like, okay, I'll accept every that every time you say chasm, I just think of Marge driving <laughs> <Chasm>. into it. <laughs> um, there's also my big thing too was it uh, used to be. A huge dinosaur comes from nowhere at the end, like to help them from the two raptors. But you don't, you never see the T Rex sort of coming in to the to the the building. Oh yeah. And apparently, there's a making of book where it shows like a a, a shot that's not in the movie where you see the the T Rex is actually entering from the back of the room. Um, is there not a bunch of deleted scenes that you've watched, that, like an, ex, an no, extended not. cut? And I have watched all the deleted scenes. <laughs> <wasn't in> <laughs> yeah. Strange. Yeah, no, I, I uh, look. I've Sounds gone. like someone's just patching up loopholes <laughs> with some very cheap putty. Yeah, uh, but apart from that, um, yeah, I mean, look, it's just one or five stars. Oh, five. It's it's just. I'm Does saying it... it's flawless, but it's like it's just I could watch that movie weekly. The kids don't ruin it. No, you need kids in there. Yeah, but you know, child actors. Come on. Um, Lift your game. I do like the fact that like they just like uh, she's like she's like she knows everything about computers. All this, like not all of a sudden they like, they do make sort of reference to it that um he's like his brother says like you just sit in your room all day on your computer. She's like I'm a hacker. I'm like mm. someone just said like hey kids are called hackers these days. Can we work that into the movie somehow? See us run. <laughs> um. And but like that, my favorite scene in the entire movie is the kitchen scene with the two raptors and the two kids, and that it's that scene, the music in that scene, everything about it is amazing. So the effects of this movie, I still can't get over how good it still looks. Yeah, there was a thing randomly popped up for me yesterday. Someone had like redone it, like a new CGI version of it now. Yeah, and I know I'm probably just an old fuddy duddy, but it looked worse. Oh, look, I'm sure it would because you need that. Like, I've seen the behind the scenes of that kitchen scene. Like, I don't think it would... You would not get the same intensity from the actors, I think, with um, CGI. I think no. back then yeah. it was just, you know... They're not, they're not even the, the point yet, the mocap stuff for, the, like, Phantom Menace and stuff. So, um, if you want to look more into it too, there's um, I don't really like the series that much. It's on um, Netflix. It's the movies that made us, um, and like I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I find the guy who hosts like the narrator kind of annoying. But if you want some pretty good tidbits on, like they do a, an Aliens one, two, and a Halloween one, and a bunch of other ones. But they do a Jurassic Park one where like there's a lot of um, interesting stuff. So yeah, get on that. What else did you watch? I should go through the movies. I got all excited with my present <laughs> that I did not say what movies. Uh, so we had uh, Guilty as Sin, Orlando, Last Action Hero, mm. Once Upon a Forest, Once Upon a, Once Upon a Forest, Dennis the Menace, Sleepless in Seattle, What's Love Got to Do with It, and Body Snatchers. What did you watch? I watched four, I believe. Oh, good on you. Yeah, I watched three. Uh, no, last... four. No, I watched four too. Last Action Hero. <laughs> yeah. Dennis the Menace, Sleepless in Seattle, and What's Love Got to Do With It? Let's talk about Last Action Hero. 
a great classic comes to the screen. Take thy hand, fair prince. Who said I'm fair? To be or not to be? Not to be. Columbia Pictures is proud to present the screen's greatest action hero, Jack Slater. Slater! Not even Frederick Slater, you hear me? This is the Lieutenant Governor. Slater, here's what I hope. The Governor gets here, call me. And Danny Madigan is his biggest fan. <laughs> Jack Slater 4. But tonight, a magic ticket. It's a passport to another world will get Danny closer to the action than anyone ever dreamed. Holy cow! I'm in the movie! Who the hell are you? Oh, show me. I'm Danny Madigan. I'm a kid. And you're going with him. What the fuck is that film? I message you. And I was, I was only about a quarter late through it. I'm like, I, I remember hating this film. This is not too bad. And then, I remember loving this film and then being very confused. And then I'm like, I don't know. I hate it. It's cool. Yeah. Um, so if you don't know, how do we explain this? It's it, a film within a film. It's kind of like a parody film of actions things, but it's not funny enough to be a straight parody. Um, it explains itself too often as well. And it goes for way too long. Yeah. It's like over two hours, and it's like, we get it. Um, so, Arnold Schwarzenegger plays Jack Slater. Yes. Yeah. He is an action movie star within the, the, the movie world. Um, and then there's this annoying kid. So annoying. <laughs> I'm hated sorry. this kid. I'm sorry, too, but you, you're fucking... Just everything about you just irked me. You're but at the same annoying. time, like, I think he did that role perfectly. I think that's exactly what he was supposed to be and do. It was just terrible. Yeah. He's in My Girl 2, I think. As well. yeah. yeah. And Pre-Star... Some know. dinosaur film. Um, yeah, that kid was annoying. Um, <laughs> so, he gets this magic ticket. Magic ticket. Magic ticket in my ass, McBain. <laughs> um, and he uh, gets sucked into the film and he basically is now with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I was watching this... Um, and my wife was like, there's a scene where I think the, the actress who plays Arnold Schwarzenegger's daughter... Bridget Wilson? She's screaming a lot in this movie. And it was yeah. just like... And she's like, I can't do it. And she actually went, she's like, I'll go to another room. Cause like, um, when she's getting fake beaten up. Or yeah. she's getting beaten up and she's screaming and screaming. And then she's like, turns out she's just faking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. time before she beats them up. But it's just like, I don't know. Um... I just and then you've got Charles Dance, uh, Alien Three's Charles Dance, um, the bad guy with the red eye. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, he's the big bad in this, and he, I don't know, he kind of works out halfway through what's going on. But which is odd because you've got this kid explaining it to everyone, and no one believes him as they shouldn't. Mm. And then the main villain of the film is like, "Oh, he's telling the truth." I'm he going play, all in on this. He he plays a villain insanely well, and like I could have watched more Charles Dance, but like I don't know, this movie like it's too long, it's too, uh, it just doesn't. 
like the start of it when they like he was like imagining him as Hamlet. That's pretty funny. Like he's, he's in class. Do you class. think that inspired the new Romeo and Juliet? <laughs> <laughs> I just like that whole thing was pretty cool. But no, what else was great? But the lethal weapon saxophone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they did like the thing is like you got a movie like Loaded Weapon, which is like it's all out parody. And we both just discussed, like, you weren't a big fan of it. And I was like, no. not as big a fan as, as I thought it would be. This, like, you can't do a film like this, I think, and be, I don't know, lean into the... You, you, they sort of shot their wad a bit too early. Like, they're like, they're, the start of it's, like, really cool. But then they couldn't sustain it for the rest of the movie. Like, yeah. It's just, um, I think the movie is the wrong way around, maybe. Yeah. Like yes, you had all the good, weird, fun stuff at the start, and then the end it all got a bit real and dragged out, and like just yeah, I would finish have, it. I would have like, and I, look, I don't. <laughs> the trailers they did were problematic, but like it's kind of like with um, Tropic Thunder. Yeah, like what they could have done was like they'd done this movie and then done four trailers, four mock trailers at the end of Arnold Schwarzenegger in different roles. And yeah, I would, I would have watched that happily. Yeah, yeah. Um, or just like ninety minutes of him in mock trailers. I wonder. I wonder watching Tropic Thunder again. How I'd feel about it now. Mm, I just think, don't. I think. I don't think it's good. Um, let's get on to the other highlights of the film. Okay. The cameos. Man, there yeah. are so many. And they just come flying in at the end as well. Like another somewhat highlight. You know, you need something at the end when they're at the premiere. James Belushi. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> I I know they're in a film together, but really, they're in Red Heat film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just, mm, Sharon Stone one. walks past. I didn't realize that was actually her. It was actually her. Um, right before Robert Patrick. Is Tina Turner in this? Yes. Oh my god. Uh, so I'll run off the list. Yep. Uh, Franco Colombo's listed. Oh, okay. He's a bodyguard and yep. bodybuilder. Sorry, and friend of Schwarzenegger. It's like you're I'm not sure. a cameo. You're just his friend. Uh, Tina I bet he Turner does cameos now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so Tina Turner makes an appearance Sharon Stone Robert Patrick as I said Mike Muscat okay I don't know who was. Um, he was in Terminator 2 okay uh, Sliced Alone obviously yes Angie Everhart oh yeah she's in the video store yep Little Blockbuster good times um, and then at the actual premiere there's quite a few uh, his wife obviously Little Richard Lisa Gibbons, remember her? Oh yeah, she had her own show. I do like. Um, he goes past. Was it? Was it? Um, the National Enquirer. Don't talk to them. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, Jim Belushi said, "Damon Wayne's I did see very, very briefly. Yeah, I think he yep. just strolls past. Chevy Chase, I didn't see anywhere. He's apparently in there. Okay. Um, Van Dam. He wasn't supposed to be in there. He's just like." No, he's, he's craft services. Yeah. <laughs> looking for something to do. I think I was looking for, when I saw the list, I think I was looking for old Chevy Chase. Oh, yeah. I was looking for a big, fat, old, bald, grey guy. No, he was still, yeah. he was still mid, mid-Chevy. mid Yeah. Um, MC Hammer. <laughs> that bit was weird. I think he got Schwarzenegger to be in one of his videos, too. Weird. Um, this is like peak Hammer. Yeah. Yeah. Or... The end of Peak Hammer, like the well, no, because like, the coming. next, because in November, December, Adam's Family Values comes out, and the Adam's Family rap. Ah, oh, that's him. Yeah. Oh no, isn't that? No, that was from last year, wasn't it? No, this would be the end of Hammer. Yeah. yeah. 
This is the end of Hammer. <laughs> it looked like the end of Hammer. Like he's very desperate in that scene. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Wilson Phillips, our old friends. Hey, yeah. hold on. Um, Ian McKellen. <laughs> Jesus. I don't know how he still got the the sir after doing this. Yeah. He was quite good in it though. Yeah. Danny DeVito is the voice of the cat detective. <laughs> and then that was weird. Someone else that I don't know who it is, Joan Plowright. Oh yeah, she's um, she's from stuff apparently. I'm sh- I think she's Robert De Niro's wife in the Fockers movies. Oh, I'm pretty sure that's her. Oh, she's a fucker. There you go. <laughs> no, she's not a fucker. She's uh, married to Lawrence Olivier apparently. Really? Yeah. Okay. I could be talking about my ass. Um. Let's talk about Dennis the Menace. In this neighborhood... This is an emergency. He's out of school for the summer. Where people cherish peace and quiet. will get a moment of peace. There is a kid named Dennis. Hey, Mr. Wilson! Tell him I'm sick. I won't think for you, George. Now, John Hughes brings one of your all-time favorite cartoon characters to life. Smile... For a whole new generation to discover. Don't embarrass me. You'll love Mr. Wilson. That kid, he's a menace. Mrs. Wilson. The Mitchells. Margaret. We can bury you alive. I can pound you up Joey. Switchblade Sam. And a menace named Dennis. Kids are kids. Ah! You have to play by their rules. Ah! You have to roll with the punch. I watched this with my kids last night, and it was fucking delightful. I don't, I it was, it was weird. It's very weird. Um, there is some stuff in there that's like I had to explain to my kids. Stuff that you should not have to explain to a child about what five-year-olds are saying and doing. This movie is um the most '90s movie of this month because of like the fact that uh, there was a bunch of movies in the '90s and '80s where it's like. I'm not sure that it kind of has the feel of the 50s. Yeah. But it's actually the night, it's actually modern day. So, like, there's kids just walking around the neighborhood, like, without parent supervision. Like, they're five years, they go into the forest into, like, this creepy, like, this is the, the this is the golden age of, like, uh, kidnappings and, like, <laughs> murder and stuff like that. It's just like, this would not happen. Um, if you don't know, it's based on the comic strip, um, uh, this precocious five year old who, is basically just an absolute nightmare. Never learns a lesson. Never learns a lesson. Um, Christopher Lloyd comes in and he's the uh, just the the worst, dirtiest bad guy robber you've ever seen. Um, but still, like, I mean, he's walking around the neighborhood and there's just there's a, a child in the in the backyard of his house just by himself. But like, could easily just be like. Could either get out himself or like yeah. get picked out from someone. I don't know. It was just it's just fucking weird. I was trying to tell my kids. I'm like, this is not how it was back in when I was. Your, like, I wasn't allowed to walk around at five years old, like just go anywhere sort of thing. And like just into the neighbor's house. Which, by the way, <laughs> two old people do not have a house that big. I don't care who you are and where you live. That house is too big. Yeah, that's bigger than the McAllisters' house. It's pretty huge, and I, like the, the 
just tell the kid no. <laughs> like, don't, don't, there's this, this huge ruse of, like, making it seem like you're sick and have, like, all your pill bottles out. And then... And hearing him doing things around the room and just letting him carry on. Yeah. That's I don't know. Um, and also the weird, like, subplot of um, they couldn't have kids. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, so like, now we're 100 years old and we're going to start babysitting the neighbours. And I was like, and he's like, uh, and like, uh, it's almost like, he kind of says like, it wasn't my decision. I was like, it's like, not my fault. My dick doesn't work, Martha. <laughs> um, also, old people don't sleep in. It no. was like, it was late morning when he's in there. Like, yeah. Unless he's, unless it's two in the afternoon, he's going out for a nap. <laughs> old people up at like five. Every I'm day, five. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's I, I, I found the reason I found it delight was like I actually, I found myself laughing. Uh, you know, at, legit laughing, quite a few times from this movie. I don't know why. It was maybe, maybe. I don't, I don't think I laughed once. Really, I was either frustrated. I was frustrated throughout the fact that this kid could not learn a lesson, and then when he actually did try and be helpful and do something good. It still fell apart. Yeah, um, yeah. It's. It, I, don't know. I did enjoy Natasha Leone and, and Buzz from Home Alone. Oh, Buzz from Home Alone. Uh, oh yeah, because because he rocks up in the in the, in the new Home Alone. Um, yes, I saw the trailer. I haven't watched it yet, but uh, but yeah, it's, it's always love and like. And it's, I was just like. You couldn't land Natasha Leone, man. Like, look at you. No, he can't even read. He's <laughs> like reading to the dentist in the in the top. Also, everyone seems to be okay with like the amount of people who are just sitting sitting there, dentist, the five year old child, while they're in they're in the bathtub. That was a different time. Uh, the fifties, sixties, seventies. Who knows what time it was? Yeah, um, this is Batman time. La, I want I want to do. I do want to touch on Sleepless in Seattle. If you've just tuned in, we're talking to Sleepless in Seattle. You called a radio station? Christmas Eve. He phones in one of those radio call-in shows. He tells them that his dad needs a new wife. And the shrinkette practically forces a guy onto the phone and says, Tell me, what was so special about your wife? Well, Dr. Marshall Fieldstone, I think. It was like... Magic. Magic. Sleepless in Seattle? That's what you called him on the show because he can't sleep. And now 2,000 women want his number. Here's Sleepless in Seattle. You're the most attractive man I ever laid ears on. The guy could be a crackhead. Actually, he sounded nice. You know it's easier to be killed by a terrorist than it is to get married over the age of 40. That's not true. That statistic is not true. That's right. It's not true. But it feels true. Sandy has a girlfriend, Glenda. She's a weightlifter. Well, it's not like her neck is bigger than her head. No, 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 no. I'm not asking you to set me up. What about Walter? Walter and I are engaged. Today, I consider myself the luckiest man, 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 face, face, face of the earth. Earth, 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 earth. When's the last time you were out there? Uh, Jimmy Carter, 1978. Things are a little different now. I am having all of these fantasies about some man I have never even met who lives in Seattle. It rains nine months of the year in Seattle. I know! Tiramisu. What is tiramisu? You'll see. Some woman is going to want me to do it to her, and I'm not going to know what it is. You'll love it. I'm glad you do. Uh, do you like this movie? I like it. Partly because don't get upset, but 
<laughs> Take it up. Well, it should be a compliment, but I'm concerned. Tom Hanks reminds me of you. <laughs> That's an awesome. <laughs> I can see you and one of your children in this scenario. You calling the radio station now? Get off the damn phone. Come out here. He's like, ah, oh, shut up. <laughs> I could just see a lot of you and Tom Hanks, and I enjoyed it. I think maybe my parenting style is 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 forty percent Hanks. Yep. Yep. And maybe I just like inherently just like I've watched enough Hank, Tom Hanks movies as a parent. <laughs> um, I, I mean, he's a good one to work off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love the fact that so l- last year, yeah. um, Tom Hanks couldn't win a woman away from Bill Pullman. <laughs> <laughs> this time full smash and grab and like I said because me and my wife watched this and I was like I know he doesn't he's not doing anything wrong like Bill Pullman's not doing anything wrong but I still don't feel sorry for how he gets treated like it's, there's something about him that just I'm just like oh god like I feel like he wasn't that invested in the relationship no, no they, he's, just, they he's spend... just too nice he's like oh someone likes me yeah I'll marry them okay but they spend such long periods of time away from each other too like I mean when he rocks up with her and, like, when he actually proposes to her, I'm like, we haven't seen each other for, like, it seems Yeah, like. and he hadn't met the family yet? For romantic comedies, it it obviously is. I don't think it's problematic the way, like, some of the movies um, get. I don't like, know. With, the young with... boy calls that girl a hoe. That's not very nice. Yeah. He probably heard Tom Hanks. <laughs> um, I know, like... It's annoyingly sort of... Uh, uh, white middle class like when they talk about tiramisu it's yeah. just like I'm like oh god but then he guys, has no idea what it is you guys are fucking idiots <laughs> oh how good's all the Seattle scenery as well oh man it's oh. like watching a it's like watching a Fraser episode <laughs> is it speaking of oh yeah David Hypeers oh also Dennis the Menace did you see who directed that David Hypeers no Nick Castle do you know what Nick Castle did Castle Rock he was Michael Myers in Halloween. Weird. Yeah. That, so he is, started a film career. Yeah. So I was like, that's a, another connection there. Huh. Um, so yeah, Sleeps in Seattle, I think. Um, uh, it's really nice. I watch it every year. I, I, I watch it at least once a year. Um, Are you annoyed that they have dinner at 10 o'clock and then he sends them straight to bed? Yeah. They just have dinner and then he yells at him to go to bed because it's 10 o'clock. This is your fault. He's Why are you feeding him at 10 o'clock? He's not a great dad. <laughs> no, no, he's a great dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, like, buying, like, that house, um, every time I see it, though, the fact that he has a child and he bought a house on the water, I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, I'm sure he ties him up when he's not home. <laughs> um, do you see who, like, and his friend uh, is um, from Field of Dreams? Um, no. Little, little girl. Um Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's, um, oh, what's her name? Gabby Hoffman. Yeah, yeah. she's been in better stuff than she, this. She went, like, she was in a lot of movies and then she took a big break. And then I think she's just getting back into movies a bit more now. But, um, yeah, she was in, like, a lot of these 90s uh, movies. Uncle um, Buck. Uncle Buck. That's where in. I know her face. Yeah. That's got to be one for a watch along or something. Ooh. Uh, so, oh. I didn't get to see what's love got to do with it, so give us a quick rundown. It's nasty. It's Tina Turner and 
I like to think it's very, very dramatized, but I'm not sure how dramatized it was. I don't think it was. I think it was pretty on the ball. I didn't know. So obviously it's based around Tina Turner's life, not Ike Turner's life. Yeah. Um, he had like four or five wives before her. Yeah. The first one was like 14 or something. Yeah. It was gross. He's gross. He is a gross man. Um, um, she's amazing. Mm. Angela Bassett. Oh, man. I bet um, all I could see though sometimes was her um, character in Get Out when she does that <laughs> stare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of terrifies me. Um, yeah, I, I think it's uh, yeah. Um, I I I want to I want to watch it because I just didn't get around to it, but I've I've heard very good things. I've never it, seen the movie. I watched it when I was far too young, apparently. Because oh, really? there's some scenes in there that you should not watch if you're not. I think, I've seen the I think I've seen the singing scenes, but I haven't seen anything else. But I, I know, I know, sort of casually, like the life of Tina Turner was not not great. So. No, and it's odd to see knowing her now as like such a huge star. Yeah, I thought that her rise was a lot quicker, and she became a huge star a lot quicker. But it was a very long, according to the film, very long, slow process, and she never really took off until much she's after the Ike years. Quite, um, not old, but like she was older than like most stars when she was doing like her big hits and lots of stuff. Like yeah, the best and stuff. Yeah, like it all came along very, very late for her yeah. because she was tied down by some maniac who never really served the time that he should have. He I went was... to jail for like three months at one point over drugs, and that was it. Yeah, good movie month. I'm actually. Yeah. I, I know. I I kind of know what I'm gonna go for, but there there could have been some contenders there for my favorite of the month. So uh, let's go on to TV. Nothing happened. <laughs> uh, we had no, uh, we had no Olympics. We had no like Law and Order, Simpsons, Seinfeld, anything like that. We had the just... women's Euros, which is probably not on TV. Um, I Stanley Cup. The only thing I've got written now is like there was a mo- there was a show here called um, Our House. In the middle of our street. Um, and that was a, a, like a reality show, um, I believe, with Noni Hazelhurst and John Jarrett. Sounds about right. Uh, Soon, like soon to be in like uh, what? Oh, John Jarrett, the Wolf 12, Creek 12, guy. Yeah, twelve years time, he'll be a serial killer in Wolf Creek. <laughs> there were man, married... shows will do that to a man. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, that was that was the only thing I could find. There's like really nothing else. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. I probably, I mean, I probably watch TV a lot. Ah, <laughs> oh, definitely, like. Oh, it wasn't even our summertime, so no, we would have still been in school. What was our summertime? No. God, I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm an idiot. <laughs> um, oh, TV related. So my kids are watching Simpsons. And yes. You forget. Still. Jeez. Well, it's a bottomless fucking pit. They're in season nine now. And they're still going. And I see their attention waving. I'm like, oh. So this has been kind of like a background experiment for me. I'm like, because they, they quote Dr. Nick, they quote Nelson, they quote Troy McClure, and all lots of stuff. So all the stuff in the earlier seasons. Right. Is that because they've heard it through their subconscious through you? Possibly. And then you've dipped off at season nine, and none of it has but I'm, I'm any familiarity them, to them. And I'm wondering whether like there's a point where like they're just going to go, I'm going to walk in and like, oh, how come you want to watch this? And he's like, oh, it's not that good anymore. And I'm like, <laughs> they're at season 12. <laughs> you write and a like, letter. And I'm like... It's a controlled experiment. <laughs> uh, somewhat. <laughs> um, so let's get on to music. 
All right, so in the charts, fucking informer still in, in, in Australia. Why not? And in Billboard, we Billboard Billboard chart we had Janet Jackson. That's the way love goes. Um, for the releases we had Mercury Rev, Slow Dive, Bratmobile, Tears for Fears, uh, Last Action Hero soundtrack. I'll get to that in a sec. Ooh. Uh, RuPaul. Gloria Stefan, Manic Street Preachers, The Verve, Liz Fair, uh, Collective Soul, The Flaming Lips, uh, Billy Idol, and Fugazi. So there was a there was a there was a, quite a bit there. Um, Do you want to know something interesting about Fugazi? What I still don't like them. I liked Sweet and Low. That was a pretty decent song. Mm. It was a it was a <laughs> I'd say it's, it was a um, instrumental. <laughs> but um, even then. I uh, I really like that. Uh, we had so what, anything sort of stand out for you? Something definitely stood out for me. Okay, tell me. I don't know if I keep forgetting to look up if it was in something. Allison by Slow Dive. Yeah. How good is that song? It's a good song. Yeah. Even Machine Gun wasn't too bad. The album definitely is a lot of filler, as far as I'm concerned. Slow Dive's albums like that though. They were very um, ambient. They were that, that, all that that um, shoegaze type. Sort of I was going to say like yeah, when it's their shoegazy stuff is amazing. Everything else that's not, yeah, nah, you've missed you've missed the mark. Um, we had a so, um, did anything sort of? I I gave, I'm going to be honest, I gave Manic Street Preachers a real good go. I really wanted to like it, and I didn't dislike it. But I can't say that I anything beyond liked it. You can see where they're going, though. I think I think you can see um, where, like, this one, uh, their punkier stuff sort of being left behind. It's now that sort of getting into that design for life and, and lots of stuff. And you know, what it does sound a lot like what it's Foo Fighters. <laughs> Some um, of those songs are like, holy shit, this is. Obviously, like they came first, um, yeah, very, very, very similar. It's pretty funny. Um, also, the Verve, I can see where they're going. Like in a few years with um, bittersweet sympathy, symphony yeah. sort of thing. I like, can you can like they got that sort of Brit poppy sort of slow sound going. Um, I really loved Liz Fair, um, Exit to Guyville. Uh, that album could be released. Uh, at, like this year, and it would it would sound fine. Like this, it's got like Courtney Barnett, oh yeah, type sort of thing to it. Um, that's pretty. Um, just some of the uh, some of the songs in there uh, I I've been listening to most of the week. Um, I oh. This is never said. I oh, like, I know that song. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's really good. Like, um, I I used to know her just from she has a song called Supernova, which was quite a big hit here in Australia. But this is the album before it, and it's really really good. There's um a song called Divorce Song, um, that could be, like, uh, you could close your eyes and like, I'm not saying Courtney Barnett's like um derivative of this. I'm just saying that like, all right, there's like a line where she's like, "Yes, I lost your lighter, 
yeah, I lost the map. And they're basically, it's, it's, it's talking about like um, a, a couple on a road trip yeah. and they get into a fight and it's like, it's that sort of that, um, just that obs- observational songwriting yep. sort of thing that I love so much. And yeah, I thought it was really Like good. a real time story. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's just like, but also like just the banal details of that story is like, yeah, I'll just like it. Watch it. It's like, yeah, it's good. <laughs> Fuck, you going to do about it? <laughs> um, this... Pull over, let me out. I'm amazed that this is 93. Yeah. This is... Timeless. This is She Don't Use Jelly by The Flaming Lips. Um, me and my wife were just talking just before we started recording that. We love this song so much. And, like, she was... She's had it on, um, a, a, on, like, a well-worn tape that she sort of listened to quite a lot. And I remember the, the film clip being quite iconic and, like, it's just... The first time you see the flaming lips, because the flaming lips are quite—they're quite a sight to see. Like they're quite, yeah, they're a lot. <laughs> um, and I'm not sure if I like them. I, I like—I certainly like—I certainly like songs of theirs, but I'm not yeah. sure if I like them as a whole. They're one of those bands. I feel like they've got a handful of just incredible songs. Yeah, and then a lot of the other ones don't really fit, or the incredible songs don't fit in with everything else they're doing. Yes, like when you get up to like um, some of their later releases too. Like there's certainly big songs on there but like I'm not sure then like the rest of the album I see them I find them a bit ambient too sometimes just um which is nice who doesn't like ambient yeah yeah but like yeah um I was never too much into them aside from I think Do You Realize and She Don't Use Jelly can't remember the other ones um but then I saw them yeah they're so good live really they're so good they're yeah, so I, much I, fun they're I, so ridiculous I, I've heard it say um it's, it's, it's quite a thing to see them so. yeah yeah, um, but it didn't turn me around enough to dive into them. Uh, I really also liked. Um, I didn't like Mercury Rev like at all. I don't know why. Just yeah, didn't didn't. Yeah, really I was expecting too, but Billy Idol was pretty shocking. Uh, Tears of Fears didn't have <laughs> didn't have End of the World. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody rules the world. Everybody rules the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we had another one as well. The uh, the last section hero soundtrack, which um, I think I didn't actually put anything on i just wanted to make it a sort of a it had a lot of um did you listen to in the, in the movie did you hear some of the the acdc's in there yeah um allison chains uh is in there um aerosmith allison chains has got three songs in there i'm pretty sure um you also got def leppard um guns and roses pantera like it was i remember um not so much these days but like I mean, not so much back in the day, but like these days when I brought it up, um, when I was doing radio and stuff, like, they're like, oh yeah, the soundtrack tour is awesome. I'm like, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, comparatively. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, yeah, I think that was big like that. Because um, this is the, I think this is the age too of like, using the soundtrack as a, another avenue to sell your film. Like, you know, Judgment Night's got like that whole thing of um, the hip hop and rock. Yeah. Lots of stuff that comes out later this year. Um, yeah, it does. <laughs> and uh, it's actually I'm thinking I'm going to watch that this week. Um, and I think like you know even Clerks when it comes up when we come up to that like that like that that soundtrack was obviously it was, it was songs that he liked for that for that movie. But like it's it's a selling point. Like it's yeah. Like you want that. I mean I remember looking for that um, 
that soundtrack for ages back in CD times because like it was hard to find those songs anywhere else. And it's just something else from the film that will stick with you. Like it yeah. makes it more memorable when there's a scene that lines up with a song you like or vice versa. We'll talk about it next um next month a lot with um like <laughs> Coneheads is a pretty trash movie, but like it had Sort of Squeeze, which was like arguably like the best uh the best song of that trash band. So <laughs> On the subject of that trash yes. band, uh, Glast- Glastonbury happened in no- June 1993. Oh, shit, it did. Um, and they were replaced because apparently of info... Oh, they said it was because uh, Flea was- had chronic fatigue, but the other thing was like... Um, Masturbating too much? The other thing was uh, apparently that was like during the Freshanti exit and drugs and lots of stuff and a lot of infighting with the band and stuff. So. Oh, we should be way past Freshanti exit. Uh, I think like but that. I think that affected it. Oh, okay, yeah, just yeah. snowballed. Yeah, as it would. Having um, the greatest guitarist of all time leave you. Well, did you listen to RuPaul? I listened to that one song. It's not as good when you're not watching Drag Race. I'm not. I'm not a Drag Race fan. So uh, like, <laughs> it'll come. Hey, what? Ah, maybe it won't. She's a bit of a fracker now. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what it means. <laughs> she's got land like in rural America that she like sells off to oil companies or some bullshit. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, I don't know, like um, I've tried. I've tried getting on that that bandwagon. I just I don't know. Um, let me bring in some somewhat sour music news. Okay. Before, hopefully, we've still got somewhere good to go after this. <laughs> Kurt Cobain. Ooh. was arrested for allegedly assaulting his wife. Yeah. Um, she made a statement. She didn't press any charges. She said, he's not violent, he's not a wife beater, we're the most compatible people on earth. Um, it started because we were playing loud music in our garage and we live in a quiet neighbourhood. All of a sudden, there were sirens and like three cops, six cops in the house. They were just like wrestling and like mm. having fun apparently and the neighbours called the cops on them and took him away. Yeah, I think there's more to that. Possibly, but um, I mean, she... and also they've also just had their daughter, <laughs> wasn't that? Or they uh, were just about to have a daughter. Yeah, so maybe you shouldn't be uh, <clears throat> doing such. Anyway, they weren't great parents. <laughs> or the most compatible people on earth, you could argue. Hmm. Oh, so yeah, she was she's alive. Our daughter was going to be one in a month. We're just boring little kids in a punk rock band, she said. Stuff that she says just like it irks me so much, and mm. like I'm not a Courtney hater. Like from people just like some people just hate her for the fact that like like kind of like a Yoko effect. Yeah. By the way, have you watched Get Back yet? Not yet. So she's there the entire time, but she doesn't seem to be interfering or anything. Like she doesn't seem like her and Linda are talking quite a lot when Linda McCartney's there. Mm. Like everyone blames Yoko for like a lot of this stuff but like I don't know they would blame her because Paul would have changed and when a human changes do you look for the reason why they changed yeah but I'm just like I don't know whether like yeah it's just that that running joke of like if if a band member gets a girlfriend and then like things change like oh she's a Yoko it's like I don't know whether like yeah like I, I and I, I have to I have to admit like I mean I think I've I've uttered the words uh, a few times over my band playing career and it's usually misplaced aggr- like not aggression but like you know shit's just not happening with the band so you like you gotta blame some out it can't be us yeah gotta be yeah. outside thing so um yeah I don't know fucking fucking Yoko's 
Wait, no, the opposite. Men. Men. Men are the problem. Um, so some tops. Yeah. Uh, look, I'm going to have to go Liz Fair. Exit Garville is my favourite uh, release. It was nearly Manic Street Preachers, but like, again, like it was a bit... Um, it just wasn't different enough from last time. And there was no motorcycle emptiness. No, if there's no so. motorcycle emptiness, then we're just regular emptiness. <laughs> I would love mine to have been Manic Street Preachers. Um, mm. And it shouldn't necessarily be Slow Dive because they had two and a half songs that I loved, but yeah. I could listen to them on repeat for quite a long time. So it's uh, Slow Dive Suvlaki. Nice. Um, my, and my film has to be Jurassic Park. I, uh, I can't. It can't not be. Like I sleep sleeps in Seattle was would be right up there too, because um, I find that very cozy. Um, I don't know. Look, this is tough because I didn't watch uh, Jurassic Park recently, so it seems silly not to say it's Jurassic Park. I was happy that I was I was hoping there was like another thing that was going to surprise me enough to pip it, and it could be like you know. Yeah, you know, towards the end of the year, like in my top five list, it's probably going to enter in, in at some point. But I was hoping there was like just for this month, I was like, oh, no, this one was pretty good, but I couldn't find. It. Are you remembering though that Harold was allergic to every kind of bee? <laughs> I do like him at the the dinner party too. Just like everything they bring up is like, oh no, I can't eat that either. <laughs> allergic to strawberries. <laughs> oh my God, can't have any shellfish. <laughs> Um, I kind of want to give it to Sleepless in Seattle. You can. Also, origin story of the soup Nazi was in Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Uh, um, how is that just a coincidence? How does that happen? There's a scene when they're all in the office about finding articles, and it was something about there's this guy who's found these old letters in a chest for a bunch of amazing soup recipes, or something. Yeah, no, yeah. Or is it just describing the soup Nazi? I think they describe the soup yeah, Nazi. Yeah. There's a guy in New York that's like. Making this incredible but that would soup, but written he's... around about the same time as like, because like they would have shot this in '92. So when's when's the soup Nazi episode? Hang on a um, I do find like a lot of their conversations, and um, you have to sort of, um, you have to re, uh, evaluate dialogue because like <laughs> it isn't since season seven. 95. Ah, okay. I should look this up earlier. Um, according to the director, um, the article there and the soup man they're talking about was in reference to a New York restaurant owner who would later inspire a right. Seinfeld episode. So, so it's, it's a, about the same person. So but, just, just, but they got into it first. Yeah, so it's just a New York reference. But like that thing where um, they, make the, ugh, they make the joke a couple of times, like, oh, if you're... Um, if you're over 40 and wanting a man, like, it's... Yeah. Like, a lot of that dialogue is like... But at the time, it wasn't. But watching it now, which I suppose, like, you know, it's, it's, it depends on your, on your definition of what movies are. Should they be timeless and be able to, like, watch at any any point in, in history? Or, like, are they, like, um, captured in time and just like, oh, well, that's, that's, how, that's what the attitude was, was at that time. I do appreciate that we get a lot more of a women's perspective in Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah. And Rosie like, O'Donnell's amazing too. I can't believe it took that long for you to bring up Rosie O'Donnell. Mm. Um, I'll go Jurassic Park. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, why not? 
Uh, nah, bees. I'm giving it to bees. <laughs> and that yellow looks like yellow? Yeah. All right, cool. Bees. Uh, cool. So that's that. Nice. Um, if you want to get in touch with us. If you want to send us presents like Bob did. Yeah. He's now number one guest ever. He's got to put us on my side of the table. <laughs> Don't forget Sale of the Century. Ah, oh, true. I uh, also want to say hello to Paul. Thanks for listening. Not you. Which I keep forgetting my friend Paul. Like, every now and then he'll message me like, I can't believe you hate Rearview Mirror. It's like, I don't hate it. I just didn't realize that you were going to listen. <laughs> so I hey, 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 Paul. I agree hey, Paul. with you. Maybe uh, be my friend instead. It's just a bit dull, you know? Anyway. Two, uh, pool, two Pauls in a pod. <gasps> Do you want to start a podcast, Paul? No, he doesn't. <laughs> two Pauls in a he's, pod. He's busy. <laughs> um, get in contact with us at... Uh, your name's Paul. <laughs> Living the past pod at gmail.com. Is he local? Is he local? No. Oh, damn it. Um, uh, check us out on Instagram uh, and Spotify. Does, does he have Zoom? Definitely not. I don't um, even think he knows how to work a computer. <laughs> uh, and also, uh, just uh, keep listening to the 90s stuff and watching the 90s. It, it, sometimes it's a, it's a nice little holiday, from, holiday away from the present day. <laughs> Yeah. Well, oh, sometimes it's a nightmare from prison. Do, do you, uh, just quickly before we go. Yes. Me and my wife were discussing if this pandemic had happened in the 90s, how do you reckon it would have gone? Cause <laughs> Badly. She, <laughs> she thinks, well, that my, my thing is that I think people were more trusting of medical advice and government back in the 90s. So I reckon we wouldn't have had so much anti-vaccine and misinformation. We wouldn't but she have. reckons that like maybe like the communication would have been shit. Well, you wouldn't have as many uh, internet heroes yeah, and gossip and shit you can find. You'd still have right-wing media, though. Yeah, but maybe not as widespread. And then, But then again, I don't know what the, uh, like, the actual vaccine like, would have made, made, would have you know, taken longer to make it. Yeah. Anyway, um, all right, see you later. Bye. Thank you once again for listening to Living in the Past. Got some awesome people to thank at the end of the show here. Andrew Golding does our music for us. You can check out his stuff at www.antigold.bandcamp.com. Rebecca Sheedy, she does our artwork. You can check out her stuff on Instagram at mildscribbling. Send us an email at livingthepastpod at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram. You can check out letterbox.com following PD Lumsden and check out the movies that we've been talking about this season. You can check out the music we've been talking about on the podcast by going to Spotify and searching Living in the Past podcast and then the month that you want to check out. Want to help us grow the show? Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or tell your neighbour, tell your friend, tell your mother. It all helps. And until next time, as we always say, sit back, look back and relax. Thanks. Thanks.